Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Sup, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24 7 podcast. Russ Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by that truncated version of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24 7 podcast. Let's go on over to that home daycare center and get to Ryan Callahan, who will tell us why we are having yet another breaking news edition of this Go Vols 24 7 podcast. Well, Wes, it is uh, some recruiting news for Tennessee. A little bit of a twist from what we've been talking about lately. Tennessee has made a late addition to its 2023 class with the addition of four-star athlete Emmanuel Okoye. He's originally from Nigeria, uh, spent this past uh, past year or past several months, really, uh, at the NFL Academy in London, uh, which is uh, is is kind of taking in guys like that, uh, like, like Okoye, from, from different countries in a lot of cases. And, uh, and and helping them develop as as football players and, and trying to grow the game internationally. Um, so so a big deal for them to uh, find find a Koye at an NFL Africa camp last summer, and uh, and, and he has sort of skyrocketed uh, in, in recruiting circles over the past few months. Just started getting offers back in uh, February or so, and uh, in Tennessee offered in March. Got him on campus in April for an official visit the weekend of the Orange and White game. Uh, actually, the visit started the morning of the orange and white game, and then he hung around for a couple days afterward. Uh, and that started kind of a whirlwind series of official visits, uh, four trips from East Coast to West Coast uh, that that sort of helped him make his decision over the past few weeks. And Tennessee lands a really talented, really raw, as you might imagine, but uh, an impressive-looking player with a a tremendously high ceiling. I mean, this this is a guy with all kinds of potential. Um, gives you a couple different possibilities in terms of position. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but but truly an athlete, about six foot five, almost two hundred thirty pounds on his official visit to Tennessee. So uh, very good build already, and and just uh, uh, just scratching the surface of what he can be as a football player because he's so new to the sport. So a really interesting addition here to the twenty twenty three class, late for Tennessee, and a guy that you know, might not. Ex- be expected to be a, a major contributor in his first year in the program. But if he reaches his potential two, three years down the road, this is a guy who could be a really, really nice addition for Tennessee that, that has, I mean, truly NFL upside. Yeah. And, and I've heard Ryan, someone who's seen him in person say that six, five 
he might actually be a tiny bit taller than that, like maybe six five and a half, or like I've heard like that at least six five is legit. Like, and what I mean by that is just physically he impresses you. He kind of pops when he walks into a room. You know, he's just kind of one of those kids who's just kind of built, and you're like, oh, I bet you'd be a good football player. You know, just one of those types of kids. And uh, you know, it, it's it's a really 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 fun story, and I think we need to get into that here in a minute, and we will. But the first thing that I'll say is, uh, this is just what I noticed, Ryan, <laughs> watching the the brief highlight packages that, that are out there of him. He plays, uh, I suppose, I, I guess you call it the L5 position there on the kickoff team, which is the first wedge on the left side. So you're the guy like standing just to the left of the guy kicking off. And he is just like a wrecking ball running down the field at pace like he beats everybody down the field as the l5 guy on the kickoff team which you just don't see that very often we're talking about a freakish freakish kind of athlete here and i would think ryan for him to be rated where he is after playing you know being in europe for only a few months uh you know having played one year of football i guess in his life maybe to, to be rated a four-star one year into the sport, being rated, what, what is he, 441 overall in the composite when your first year playing the sport, um, that in this day and age, with the way athletes are coached, with the way that, that athletes are specifically trained for these things and the coaching at the high school level and everything is better than it ever has been, to step into this situation in one year and be this, that's incredible to me. Yeah, it, it just shows you that it it really is just about natural ability and athleticism. You know, so many kids who who train for for years and sometimes all the work that you put into it still can't just can't make you an elite athlete. You just can't. You're just born with it, or you're or, or you're not, or or you you happen to, to to be in that position, or or you're not. And, and Emmanuel Koye is just one of those athletes that. Had, had obviously never really played football until last year, goes to this camp uh, in, in Africa, and and they spot him. And, and like you said, he's got all the measurables, all the things that could could make a successful NFL player. And, and you look at him, and it, it probably didn't take them very long to say, whoa, we might have something here. So, uh, you know, again, it, he is he is just raw. He, he, is a, he is truly a ball of clay <laughs> in a lot of ways who is really going to have to uh, be molded into something when he gets to Tennessee, and I, I think he's he's already picking up the sport. Uh, you know, I, I don't think people should should just assume that he's starting from scratch here. But he is very very limited in experience. There's no way around that. He, he so he got to the NFL Academy last year, uh, really around the start of the fall, and just in time uh, to to play in a few of their games last fall. Uh, he he went out and played against IMG Academy just a a week or two, I believe, after he arrived there. Um, because again, they, they found him at this camp in June and then had to get him to London and start that process of getting him up there to, to enroll at the Academy. So he gets up there and he plays against IMG Academy, one of the most talent filled teams in America and, and gets out there on kickoff coverage. And like you said, made a play or two in that game and really impressed them. He got to play in, I believe three games last fall, couldn't play in a couple of others because he, he had yet to, get a visa approved that, that he needed to play in different countries that they had to play in. Uh, and then this spring 
couldn't even play in th- some of their additional games because NFL Academy plays a spring schedule as well uh, that, that has a few games uh, in addition to what they play in the fall. He couldn't even play in those because they didn't want to endanger his eligibility for this year, knowing that he was going to be a 2023 prospect once they got around to, to the spring. So, um, so he really has only played a few true games in, in addition to, uh, to scrimmages, practices, and things like that, obviously. So really you have very little idea of what you're getting in terms of a f- true football player. But there's enough out there for anyone uh, that understands the sport to say, wow, if you can get this kid there, if you can teach him the sport and, and the, the intricacies of playing the sport, get his, his, the, the mental side of the game there, which I, he's a really smart kid. I think he'll pick it up and, and be fine in the long run, but he's still just learning that stuff. So if you get him there physically, you teach him the playbook, you, you teach him the things that he needs to do, man, the, the potential is enormous. Um, so this is a I, – I love gambles like this, and I wouldn't say it's even much of a gamble when you look at the types of programs that were in the running for him. I mean, USC hosted him on an official visit uh, last month. So you had some other big-time programs in there, others that didn't get official visits. You know, Georgia was sort of tinkering around with them. There was talk of an official visit there, never never came to, to, to fruition. But – uh, some other major programs really looked into to the possibility because this kind of player with this kind of ceiling is just hard to find. Uh, he claims to have a 45 and a half inch vertical, which is uh, just enor- stupid, which is just stupid. That's like uh, the high end of NBA players. Yeah. And enormous wingspan. I, I believe 33 inch arms. Don't, don't quote me on that. Anyone using this? Uh, because I, I, I didn't double check that, but it's somewhere around. Did, that. did you like metric? Did, is that metric? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> He, but he he was wingspan I, and people that study you know length versus uh, you know or arm length versus wingspan you know wingspan can be overrated because it, it takes in the, the the width of the body too but but his arm length is tremendous uh, whatever it is so it's uh, this is a guy that again what he has is hard to find like you said he's he's a true six five you know I've, I've seen him in person I think six five is about right but he is a legit six five and he impresses you too because he's just a just a good sized kid. I mean, he's 230 pounds and it's not because he's, you know, spent a bunch of time in a weight room trying to bulk up. He's just that size naturally. So imagine what his body might do once you get him in a college strength, uh, strength conditioning program. He, he's, he, he could just be a, a few different things. And that could be as, as a college player, he projects as either an edge rusher or a tight end. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that more in a second. I, I think Tennessee has, has at least talked to them about the possibility of playing tight end, but Truly, you don't know. You've just got to get him on campus and see what he turns into because where you think where you start him off at might not be where he finishes, just knowing that he is so new to the game and that he has so much potential on either side of the ball, just knowing what he can do physically. Ryan, I guess before we go to break here, walk us as quickly and not, not as quickly as you can, take as much time as you need, but but sort of if you could sum up his recruiting experience because I imagine the past year has been a complete whirlwind for this young man. Um, and, and it'll be a really fascinating story at some point. Um, but in terms of when he gets to, you know, England, how quickly they realize, oh, crap, we might have something here. And then getting him to the States for visits and, and doing all that. And then why it became Tennessee, why that was the decision. I know that's a lot of questions in one, but if you could, the floor is yours to just sort of walk us, walk us through his, his past year in the recruiting process to the best that you know it. 
Yeah, and then this really is has mostly played out over the past few months. Uh, I, I think it, it, when he first burst onto the scene earlier this year, he was he was considered a 2024 prospect, uh, and then uh, he and the, the the people that, that sort of have advised him throughout the process realized that that he had the option of being a 2023 prospect, and that that might make some sense that schools were interested in adding him this year. Uh, in, in a lot of cases, schools would rather just go ahead and get them on campus. Start to start to develop them themselves, as opposed to having to wait another year to to get them there and, and see what they turn out to be. And also because another year, you never know what that might have done to his recruitment. You know, we talked about schools like Georgia already having shown interest. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're one of those other schools that's got a chance to get him this year, you might want to encourage him to speed things up and make a decision this year. Because if he waits another year, this could end up being a Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State battle instead of a Tennessee, Texas Tech, USC battle. So. Uh, so there were multiple reasons that I think he decided to go ahead and speed things up and, and, and roll this year, but they, they had that option. So they decided to do that. And he started getting offers in, in February, Tennessee offered in early March, uh, I believe March eight, somewhere around there and, and got him on campus a little more than a month later for an official visit. So it came together pretty quickly. Um, so, so obviously as these offers are being added and, and other schools are talking to him, he's, he's starting to schedule official visits uh, and, and sets up this, uh, this series of trips that he takes back to back to back starts at Tennessee, then goes to Vanderbilt, then goes to Texas Tech. Also had a visit planned for Colorado. Colorado decides to to cancel that one or, or ask him to postpone the the visit, I believe, which resulted in that one effectively being canceled and, and knocking Colorado off the off the radar. And then he goes to USC to end that trip before heading back to London. Uh, so took all those visits in a span of about eight or nine days goes back over there and, and considers his options. But, you know, from the time he he wrapped up his visit to Tennessee, and again, he was in for the weekend of the spring game, so that was maybe a bit of an advantage for Tennessee that he actually got to see something in person like that on a game sort of weekend, whereas nowhere else did he really get to see anything like that. That that was that was definitely a plus for Tennessee, I think, that he got to see an environment like that and, and just sort of experience the football atmosphere as opposed to just seeing the campus and – you know, everyday college life and things like that. But, uh, but he, he did, uh, he did really come away impressed with Tennessee. And it was obvious to me from the, the end of that visit, even though he, that was his first college visit, obviously first time traveling to the U S. So you didn't know what the other visits after that might do, but it was pretty clear to me that Tennessee was at least going to be up there in the end. And, and one of one of the two or three teams that he, he truly considered because they, they, they really hit it off with him. Well, his sister, had been uh, at Oak Ridge High School just down the road as an exchange student. Um, so she came in from, what, from out of town. What She's are a, the odds? Right. I mean, just a lot of things lined up for Tennessee on, on this one. Um, she's at a she's at a school in Kansas, I believe now, but she was able to travel in and be with them in town for the weekend. So she uh, was kind of able to show him around the area a little bit and, and give him a better feel for some things. So I think there was just a comfort level right away. There, there were reasons to think other schools might have been uh, a factor. Vanderbilt really thought they had some traction. They, they had another, uh, another international player with a similar background that they connected him with on, on his official visit there. So there was a reason to think they might be a contender. But at, you know, Texas Tech, of all places, I, that's the team that finished runner-up to Tennessee. He, he felt, he felt a, a, a pretty good connection with the staff there and in Lubbock, Texas, of all places. That, that, is, the, that is baffling to me. I mean, whatever, whatever floats your boat, but I mean, whew. 
just just shows you never know. But I, I heard they put on a really impressive show during during his visit there. And then USC was the the team that was kind of thought to be uh, when he left Tennessee. I think that the the thought on, on Tennessee's end was that USC was going to be the main team to worry about, and and that ended up maybe not being the case in the end. Although USC was one of his three finalists, so. Uh, interesting recruitment, but yeah, it, it looked to me like from the end of his official visit in Knoxville that Tennessee was probably going to be tough to beat. Um, he was he was sort of being uh, hosted, or, or uh, yeah, I guess you could say hosted in London, uh, has been hosted during his time there and, and has had the, uh, as sort of an advisor uh, throughout the process, uh, Chris Durham, a former NFL wide receiver who played at Georgia. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously plenty of familiarity with the SEC, with the with just that area of the country. He accompanied him on the on all those official visits. Uh, I, I think there was enough com- enough of a comfort level there where he knew Rodney Garner and Willie Martinez, obviously, from his time at Georgia, so some connections there. So there were just a few reasons in the end to think Tennessee might win out, and, and I think the, the comfort level there just all around made it make sense. And uh, and he loved the coaching staff. You know, the, the, the coaches, I think, really made a good impression on him, and he felt sort of comfortable with everyone there while he was in town. So it's uh, it was a whirlwind recruitment, as you said. He, he got to spend a total of no more than 48 hours at each of the schools he visited. You know, this is not a kid that had the benefit of multiple visits, but but Tennessee really knocked it out of the park on the visit and I think did a good job with him throughout the, throughout the sped-up process. So uh, nice work by Tennessee getting in there early with the quick offer and just shows you how much coaches and, and recruiting staffs have to do all the time to evaluate film from across not only the country, but the world to find guys like this that, you know, if they hadn't offered him as quickly as they did in March, who knows if they would have even had a shot to, to get him. So, uh, so good job by Tennessee for getting in there early and uh, get, getting in the mix for a player with this, this kind of upside. Also nice shout out there for uh, Chris Durham, old, uh, old Calhoun, Calhoun jacket. Uh, Chris Durham there. We, uh, he used to work for the Chattanooga paper and then Calhoun, Georgia was in the coverage area. So, uh, know, yep. know a little and bit about uh, again, them down there. And again, obviously not far across the state line there in Georgia. So that's another, another thing. You know, he's not not far from this part of the country. Was able to, I think, tell Emmanuel a lot of things about the area and, and just the region. Um, a, a lot of things that, that probably made it a, a pretty comfortable uh, place for him to be. Also, you know, I, I think he was going to have just a, a, as easy of a time, ha- you know, finding his way home from, from any of these places that he went to. But, you know, he had a he had a fairly easy trip, uh, all things considered, uh, to to Tennessee. You know, found out that there were international flights out of out of Atlanta uh, when he needs to get home, and that's not too far away. Obviously, easy to get a connecting flight to Atlanta. So, a, a lot of things that that made sense about it on on all fronts, really. That I think Tennessee just kind of checked a lot of boxes for him and uh, felt like a, a comfortable fit. We got a lot more uh, to discuss here uh, about the newest addition to Tennessee's 2023 class, not 24, 23 class, Emmanuel Okoye, a a Nigerian who's been at the NFL Academy in London. So lots more to discuss about him, and we'll get to that. But uh, before we do that, just a quick break to pay some bills, uh, listen to products, ads, in-house ads. uh, Can I say that right? All that stuff, et cetera. Back in a minute. Hashtag ad. Money! Selling a little... Or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there at his home daycare center. We are talking about a new addition for Tennessee's 2023 recruiting class, not 24, the 23 class, Emmanuel Akoye, foot five, 230-pound athlete. An athlete uh, would be the correct term in this case. Uh, they're all athletic, but this young man, don't, not sure about the position. So athlete is the way to describe him all the way right now. Uh, coming uh, from Nigeria over to NFL Academy in London. Now, uh, after a whirlwind year for the young man coming to Tennessee, uh, and he will be a volunteer. So we'll get more on him in just a minute, get back to all that. Before we do that, though, just a quick request from our end. Take about a minute out of your day, if you could, please. Go in there, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast if you're just listening there on the website at GoVols247.com. Nothing wrong with that. We appreciate that, too. Uh, We love you all the same, but uh, what helps us out the most is if you go in there, rate, review, and subscribe, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We are on all of those networks. Please, anywhere you can cast the fine pod, you can find this pod. Please go rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your friends, tell everybody you know wherever you see them. And if you're already doing that stuff, thank you. We love you. If not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ryan, back to business here with Emmanuel Okoye. I I have uh, a question that, in, in my mind, seems... Like a fair one. I don't know if it is a fair one. You, you, I know you You enjoy telling me when you think I say something and it's not correct. It's one of your favorite things, I think. But when you look at this and, and there's talk about what position he might play, when I looked at him, I just sort of thought off the top of my head, like, easy, this is an edge guy. 
Like that, that's an easy decision, I would think. But uh, obviously, Tennessee staff maybe doesn't see it that way. There, there's also some possibilities for him on offense, and and maybe some talk about tight end at some point. We'll see what he ends up doing. But when I look at him, Ryan, I, I mean, I, and I look at the situation. I mean, this is probably not to paint with a broad brush. This is probably a really smart young man. I mean, I think just about every Nigerian I've ever met speaks at least five languages and understands at least five more. These are smart dudes. And obviously he's been around the world now. So this is probably a well-traveled, smart young man. But when you have not played much organized football, I can think of only one other place worse than tight end to try to play, and that's quarterback. Tight end is such a nightmare of a position to learn even for guys who are coming from high school and have played the position some. How, I mean, are they thinking that he's a long-term project anyway? So why not give him a shot there maybe at some point? Because to me, I just – I'm not a football coach, but I thought defense all the way. Yeah, and that you're not crazy to think that. You know, he, he's got the kind of length that you often see schools um, coveting at, the, at that position. And, and when you see a guy built 6'5", 230, who's raw, one of the easiest places to, to put a guy like that and, and to get him on the field quickly, especially, might be edge rusher where, where he can just sort of use his natural skill set and go, go get the quarterback. Um, so if you're, especially if you were trying to get him on the field as a true freshman, edge rusher might make a lot of sense. Uh, so so not, not a crazy thought there at all. And, and I, I think there's still some people who think that might be where he makes the most sense in the long run. You know, I think, again, it, I can't stress the athlete label enough in this case because you really don't know. Uh, there's just not enough of a track record there at any position to to say for sure where he's going to fit in best uh, in, in the long run. But I, I think Tennessee is intrigued by the upside at, at, at tight end, at least thinking that, that that might be where it starts him at. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's uh, we, We've seen these cases before where you get guys on campus, you try them at a position for a week, and then you're like – no, we're going to go defense, or or maybe there's an injury at some point this summer uh, that 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 causes them to 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 shuffle things around. Uh, I, I think they'll have a better feel for things by August, but uh, at least the the initial talk has 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 pointed to tight end as a possibility. But I really think you you can't rule out edge rusher either because the the skill set is there, and and like you said, tight end is a is a complicated position to play. Now now one factor for Tennessee. Is they they are short on scholarship bodies at, at tight end. Obviously, only three on the roster right now. They've got some walk-ons who have contributed in the past and still could contribute. So that's that's a, a factor too, and in, in, in giving them some depth at the position at least. But you know, with the uh, the injury to Ethan Davis at the end of the spring game, even though he should be okay for for preseason camp, you know, I, I thought Tennessee would be in the transfer portal. Frankly, this spring and, I did too. And maybe there's I did too. Maybe there's still a chance of something something coming up there, but. If nothing else, Okoye might give them another body there to 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 try to provide some depth. Of course, the problem with that is, can you count on him for depth as a true freshman? You know, even if he does give you another body there, if you got in a in a pinch, could he really play as a true freshman? That's a that's a, a difficult question they they mm-hmm. might have to answer if that is going to be his position. But you know, I, I still wouldn't rule out edge rusher. I, I you know I, I still think there's at least a, a a chance he could end up there. So so he really really does fit the description of athlete and, and, and think he you know legitimately could have a future on either side of the ball. So I, I I'll be fascinated to watch him during during preseason camp to the extent we get to watch him and to and to see him out there on the field because I, I think he could get some special teams work if nothing else as a true freshman. I, I think he's an interesting enough athlete that you might want to get him out there and just keep getting him some playing time, you know, to keep keep getting him getting his feet wet and getting him used to the sport. 
um, because he, he's talented enough. He could probably help you in some way. Um, but yeah, he's still got a lot to learn, obviously. And they've got to figure out what makes the most sense for him. But yeah, there's at least been enough talk of tight end that I think that's maybe where he starts off, but you just can't rule out either side of the ball right now. Yeah. My, my, my uh, conspiracy theory there is that, uh, Josh Heupel, at his heart, he, he's an, he's a head football coach, but at his heart, he's an offensive guy, and he sees a six foot five, two hundred thirty pound kid with a forty five point five inch vertical, and he goes, "I want to, I want to play with with this kid for a little bit." That that's my thought anyway. That's that's my well, and, that's my conspiracy theory. And by the way, just to add some context on that, a forty five and a half inch vertical is stupid. Yeah, if it's, that it's, is, it's the high end of NBA players. Like Jawan Smith was like forty four or something like that when he was at Tennessee. And that's not verified. He's not been at a camp that we know of where we can say that's true. But he's got video that shows him jumping on his Twitter account that you can go check out uh, that, that we've linked on the on the checkerboard before on GoVols twenty four seven. So you can go see it for yourself. But as as one of as one of his uh, uh, as Chris Durham, uh, his, his his head of football at, at NFL Academy. That's not his head coach. That's more sort of an administrative position, but. As Chris Durham explained it, that's basically touching the top of the backboard yep. on a basketball goal when you combine that with his length. So enormous leaping ability. So when you take when you think about that position projection, not crazy to me in, in that sense that if you put that kind of leaping ability at tight end, my goodness, what kind of red zone threat could you have to go up and get it? Uh, it we've seen a lot of these basketball guys tra- transition to, to football and, and be great tight ends, and that's why. Uh, they, they've started to do that more and more with that position. So I, I can understand it from that standpoint. If you can put all that together, that leaping ability and athleticism, and, and he shows the hands to do it, hey, you, you really might have something there. But again, he's just not done it. He's not, he's not played tight ends. You don't, you don't even know how good his hands are in a lot of ways. So that's one of the reasons I think the position projection is still open-ended because you might get him out there in practice and he can't catch the ball and, okay, go to defense. Yeah, uh, I also I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Field goal leaper, uh, that that would be it's a good uh, thought. Uh, uh, he, he go out there, hey, go out there and pull a Boss Bailey. Can you do that, please? Uh, yeah, that that's that's what I would be requesting. But in all seriousness, Ryan, th- th- this is something I don't know what Josh Heupel's history is with guys who who are like really late entrants into the football world. I mean, I'm sure we could ask him and he could give us an example or two of guys that he's coached. You know, who, who may, I'm sure UCF it wouldn't surprise me if they took some flyers on kids like this, right? Who maybe were basketball players or soccer players or something else. And then they ended up trying football late. And then uh, you, so the, the big schools didn't want them, but UCF or even Mizzou was like, hey, we'll take a shot at this kid. I, I could see that being the case. But uh, th- this, in, in terms of the international realm, I mean, this is not, this is not new territory for Tennessee, obviously. Constantine Ritzman uh, and Jakob Johnson, both, both Germinators. Uh, you know, Tennessee, I believe, has had a couple other uh, guys come from from different places um, around the world. A couple guys here and there from different places. Some some Australian punter now, obviously. So, uh, I mean, Tennessee's got a, an international house. It it does wonders for these kids. I mean, Tennessee basketball has had a bunch of guys who have who have come in and do this, and they take uh, some of their extra classes their freshman year there, and they have a nice community. Uh, so they can meet people from back home and do those other things too. So the, the, I think Tennessee will have a nice support system here. But in terms of actual football, I mean, you saw with a guy like Jakob Johnson, they kind of didn't know what position he would play for a while either, and he bounced back and forth despite being a kid who played a, a year of high school football, right? So, I mean, th- this is – and Okoye has had even less organized football than that. So 
and with Jakob Johnson, who's still collecting nice paychecks in the NFL, um, sometimes it just takes some time for a guy like this to, to end up being the players they're going to be. It, it does, and that's I, I think people should definitely go in, you know, excited about his potential, excited about the the long term upside for sure, but probably wise to temper expectations at least early on. Uh, you know, hey, maybe maybe he surprises people and, and contributes more early than we're than we're thinking. That's why. I, you know, Tennessee's got enough other bodies to play on special teams. I don't think they have to force him into that role. But like you said, if he can run down the field and uh, do, you know, even James Pierce last year as a true freshman, yep, uh, yep. Mike Eckler talked about how fast he could, uh, could, could run down the field on kickoff coverage. So if you can get him to do something like that, he still might help you this year. Uh, and you never know if he might pick up things, things even quicker than that on, on one side of the ball or the other. So, so yeah, maybe he surprises us and does, does more as a true freshman than, than I'm expecting him to, but uh, at the very least, you know, by by sophomore junior year, he he could be a really really interesting player. So uh, I, I again I I love the take because I uh, you know not that it's really a tough call when you see a forty five and a half inch vertical and that kind of length, but um, but you you are looking for high upside players more and more in recruiting. I think you're going to mm-hmm. see teams take more and more big swings in recruiting because the transfer portal is there, and if it doesn't work, oh well, you just go out and and you find a replacement uh, or, or a guy to, to, to make up for that make up for that miss uh, down the road. You know, it's it's not a big deal to to miss on a player these days. So what what you can't what you can you can find plenty of okay players in the transfer portal. What's hard to find is this guys that can jump out of the gym that have six foot five uh, and and thirty whatever inch arms. I mean that that's 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 the thing that's tough to find. So uh, I, I I love the the pickup here. Love the 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 idea and the potential of what he could be. And just uh, if you're a Tennessee fan, sit back and, and enjoy watching this this young man develop into whatever he might be. I mean, O.C. Umanyora, the, the former NFL uh, defensive end, played for the Giants for a long time. Yep. He's he, he's involved with the uh, the NFL's efforts with NFL Africa camps and and and, and uh, the NFL Academy in London. He's taking a very similar path to to what he did, and so they're they're hoping he can be another player in that mold if you get anything like that uh, out of him you know that was a long time nfl player you get anything like that you'll you'll be more than glad uh you added uh, a player like emmanuel okoye so we'll see uh if he lives up to to that sort of standard but i think there's a at, at the very least you'd have to say there's that kind of potential if he can live up to to what he could be as a, as a football player we got two more things i got to ask ryan and we got to be quick with both of them because we're running up a little bit against time here for a breaking news edition but the first one is quickly any um, idea on when he'll be here and if there could be any visa issues? I know visa issues are always a fair question with international players. Yeah, that's that's something that you know it makes it hard to project exactly when he's going to be on campus. Uh, the goal right now is for Tennessee to get him in sometime around the start of first session summer classes. Uh, can't say for sure that it's going to work out, but it's at least on the table that he could be in, in town around uh, early June and be able to start classes next month uh, for the first session. The worst case scenario, based on what I've heard so far, and, and like you say, he's got to go through the visa process. We saw this last year with Jackson Ross, the punter that you, you referenced from Australia, when he came in from Pro Kick Australia. He, he had to wait a little bit longer than, than they had hoped for his visa, so he came in a little bit later in the summer. Uh, and not a big deal in his case because he wasn't expected to play and you know he wasn't competing for a job or anything, so it was just sort of get him here when you can. The, the, in this case, it's happening earlier. He's committed. He's committed earlier. They've already started on the on the process. He's already been admitted to Tennessee, as a matter of fact, uh, and, and I believe the NCA has even signed off on it already. So 
no issues there. The issue is just, you know, a matter of when the, the visa and, and everything else on the, the paperwork end of things in, in terms of getting to the U.S. will be approved. So it uh, shouldn't take too long, but the worst case scenario probably is that he comes in sometime later in June and he's able to sort of just settle in for a week or two and then start second session summer classes in July. So should be in by at least the middle of the summer at the very latest, um, barring any major unforeseen complications. But but like you said, the the projection of exactly when he'll be here, a lot harder to to peg down because you, you just can't uh, assume anything about when he makes the trip. It's definitely not like projecting when a guy who's going to graduate in California is going to make it to Tennessee. It's, it's, you know, getting the, getting the visa and getting all that paperwork approved um, so that he can make it to the U S last thing, any other uh, irons in the fire, any other possibilities Tennessee has out there for this, this cycle, whether it's any kind of transfer, any kind of late addition, any, any, anything, you know, even a, like a really notable preferred walk on, you know, we saw Laneith Whitehead, maybe, you know, obviously going to go back to Georgia as a walk on, Recently, we saw that interesting news. Anything else out there for Tennessee that that is on the radar that we should be at least, you know, thinking about? Maybe no, nothing that we're aware of right now. Now, I, you know, I I can't rule out anything happening in the transfer portal because we know that players can still enter the transfer portal as graduate transfers. Even even though that that portal window has closed, grad transfers can enter whenever they want. So uh, that's that that's that possibility is always still out there. Uh, and there are still players in the portal who haven't found homes, so we, we can't rule out anything yet. But there's there's not been anything more serious that we can tell than Tennessee kicking the tires on some guys that entered the portal this spring. So it, it's all been pretty quiet so far. This is a, a nice late addition for Tennessee. Uh, it's kind of in the vein of Jackson Ross, where I, I think there's a chance you, you get somebody really good uh, that, that's just got a lot of potential uh, but was maybe a bit – just a bit of a wild card in some ways. You knew, you knew the talent was there with Jackson Ross. You know the talent's there with with Emmanuel Koye. Now, can what can you make of him? But uh, for sure, this is a uh, this is the only possibility that we've really looked at as a strong possibility in recent weeks. And you know, for, for right now, probably safe to assume that it's that it's maybe all for Tennessee going into this season. But again, you never know uh, who who still might enter the portal and and what Tennessee might decide to do, or if an injury might decide them to to revisit someone who's still out there. You know, we saw that uh, with Lynn J. Dixon, you know, in August. Uh, So, so things can always change, but right now I think Tennessee's most likely uh, done going into the 2023 season based on what we know at this point. Awesome, man. Ryan, appreciate the time. I know that this is an exciting uh, get for Tennessee. This is something that, you know, you you might uh, as a Tennessee fan and and definitely if you're a Tennessee coach require some patience here. Um, but uh, th- this this one could be very much, uh, very, very, very much worth it for Tennessee if they show a little bit of patience here. For sure. And, and one more thing to mention, this will, for those of you who follow the team rankings, even though the when you look at the team rankings page on 24-7 Sports, it already def- it's, it's defaulted to the 2024 class for months. So the 2023 rankings are kind of out of sight, out of mind for a lot of people. But Tennessee actually did get knocked down one spot after, after National Signing Day. Oregon had a late addition that caused them to move ahead of Tennessee to number nine, Tennessee got knocked from number nine to number ten. We'll see. I, I, I'd, I'd sort of brought it into the class calculator to see what Emmanuel Koye would do. It, it's got to bring I him saw, up, right? Because he's four forty one. Yeah, he's, he's a four star prospect. So I, I think it's going to be enough to maybe, maybe knock Tennessee ahead of Oregon uh, back, back up to number nine. But either way, yes. If anyone has any questions about that, this does impact the twenty twenty three class rankings because those are. 
you know, someone asked me when do those uh, when are those final? Well, w- when the additions stop. So when when a team makes an addition to its class in in July or August, that still counts if it's a player for that class. So this will affect Tennessee's twenty twenty three class rankings and sort of solidifies them in the top ten in case anybody else makes any late additions. But yeah, it could move it move Tennessee back up to number nine for anyone who is maybe curious about that. So it does impact the class rankings. Yes, the two thousand twenty three class rankings are remain a living, breathing organism. So. Uh, they are they are still alive and kicking, so we will see. But th- this is big news for Tennessee. This is this is this is good stuff. Some patience required, but uh, you know the upside here. You, you know if you take if you take some bets like this on upside, and even a couple of them pay off, you're 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 doing well. This is this is big news for Tennessee. I think Ryan. So appreciate the time, man. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks, Wes. There's that button, and now I can say. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That, that is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world 
being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.